Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's go to our Bibles today, to a, probably a familiar passage of Scripture to most of you, if not all of you. John chapter 3 and verse 16 says this. Can we all read this nice and loud together? Ready? Read. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I love that verse of Scripture. Now, Lord, thank You. Thank You for these few minutes in Your Word. Thank You, Lord, for the power of Your Word. and Thank You for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ to be upon every hearer today. Thank You that You grace my lips, Lord, to declare Your Word as You have instructed me to, that I would rightly divide the Word of truth here today that your people, Lord, would grow today, that they would be set free, they would be strengthened and encouraged, filled with hope, rejuvenated in their walk with God, so that they do not grow weary in doing well, but they will run with endurance the race that is set before them. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. I think it's hands down the most famous verse in the Bible. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. We see it in football games, at least the, the address to it, John 3, 16. But it's such a profound verse of Scripture. It stands alone. It, it preaches this good news to us all by itself. And it shows us what was motivating God in giving His Son for us. What was it that compelled Him? What was it that motivated Him that made him, caused him to make this decision. It was his love for us. It was his love for the world that caused God to do something extraordinary, caused God to do something that's really out of our realm, out of our, I think it's out of our ability, really. How many parents are here today? Won't you raise your hand, your children? Huh? See, this verse means more to you than people who don't have kids. You get it. You, you have an understanding that He would give up His Son, His Son to die for us to be saved. I, would, I, I wouldn't do that. I'd never do it. I'd never do it, ever. I wouldn't give up any of my three kids. At least two out of the three I wouldn't. <laughs> One I might consider. That's not true. Wouldn't give any of them up. None of them. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even blink at that. It wouldn't even be a consideration. But God. So loved the world that he gave his only. He didn't have three. He just had one. He gave his only begotten son. That whoever. Now, I love this. Whoever. Any whoever's here? Are there any whoever's here? Tell somebody, that's you. He's talking to you. Whoever believes. That means anybody, anyone can receive this gift. Whoever believes on him shall not perish. That word perish just mean, it means to it means to die, but it really means to die forever, to be eternally lost. He says, if you believe on him, that will not be the case for you. But we'll have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever and his son through his sacrifice is an invitation to anyone and everyone. I'm grateful to be one of those today. And it still rings true today. This gospel message is still echoing out throughout time from the moment that Christ Jesus paid for it. 
What an amazing proclamation that Jesus said here in John 3.16. This happened before he died for our sins. Before he was buried, before he suffered the way he did. He told us the reason why he came. And we understand in this verse the foundation of everything that we have with our Father through Jesus. And that foundation is his love for us. I, I believe that too few of us understand God's love and its intended meaning in our lives. Christians that have walked with God for years are still pretty ignorant of this love. I know that I'm ignorant of it to a level myself because there is a height and a depth and a width and a, and a breadth to know about it. And Paul says, I hope that you can learn all of that. But there's a lot to learn about this love. Sadly enough, there's, there's so much emphasis on other things other than the greatest thing, which is his love for us. And if we get focused and look and, and be aware and believe this love, then we'll experience really what God intended for us all along. And I think that the reason that there has been so much, mis, so much misunderstanding of God's love, number one, is probably the, us making the mistake of God's love in terms of other loves in our lives. Kind of putting Him in the same category. And you can't be categorized like that or you'll misunderstand or you'll miss out on really what He has for you. You know, we have, we have loves. We have all kinds of loves, don't we? Uh, yeah. No other love that you know and experience on this earth is as even in the same realm um, with God's love. We use the word love pretty easily. And when we hear the word love, if we're not careful, we'll filter God's kind of love through the love that we know in the world that we're in. Like, I love Heather. I love a double meat Whataburger with cheese. I love guitars. I love coffee. I love, I love you too, Charlie. I love Charlie and Roxanne. I love uh, my children. I love sweet potato pie, especially your sweet potato pie. Not just any, but Miss Gwen, I love your sweet potato pie. We have love for, so we say we love things, I mean, I was, you'd hope that the guy says who loves tacos and loves his wife, that he actually loves his wife more than he loves tacos, because we basically just have one word to express it. So if we're not careful, see, we'll bring God, that love down and try to categorize it in our realm of love. And, you know, you've had people tell you that they, that they love you, only to find out a little later on that, well... Their definition of love and your definition of love were quite different. They've been told by someone that they love you, and then later you found out that they told you that to manipulate you, to get something from you. We've had people tell us that they love us, and sometime later in life, they betray us. They hurt us, steal from us. So, we can... God, this says, so loved. So God did this amazing demonstration. It wasn't just saying it. He demonstrated it. He demonstrated His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God loved you so much that He gave everything He had. 
Jesus wasn't just the best thing he had. Jesus was everything he had, the greatest thing he had, and he allowed him to die for us. And not only did he allow Christ to die for us, but his love also gave you and I eternal life. There's no other love in the world that can offer eternal life. How many of you are married in here? Let me see the married people. All right, I did a, a wedding yesterday. Our big deputy sheriff, you know, Josh Munger, stands back here, looks like a brick house. Feels like a brick house. He got married to his love, Hope, yesterday. Took him almost 38 years to finally get a wife, but he did. But part of their, their in their ceremony, they, they did a mixture of some traditional vows, and then they had some personal vows as well. And, and in the traditional vows, there's a phrase that is said, and you probably said this at your wedding, um, where you've made these promises to the one that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, and you said stuff like, uh, uh, I will honor her and cherish her and keep myself only unto her until what? Death do us part. Until death do us part. So we understand that marriage is wonderful and beautiful and it's a love that we can share together on this earth, but death is the end of that. (laughs) It's so funny when it goes quiet there. No, we're going to love each other forever. No, you're not. Let me just bring a little reality check to you, all right? Marriage is here for the earth. Amen. You, when you see Jesus, you're not even going to want to be married. That's not even going to be in your head at all. I know it's hard for us to get that, but it's the way it is. Marriage is made for you to enjoy this grace of life here together on earth. Amen. So that's why we say until death do us part. And as much as these two people love one another. Their love and marriage on earth has an end, and death is that end. And as grand as that love between a husband and a wife is, my family, it cannot produce ever or give eternal life. It stops at death. No other can take you to heaven. No other love can keep you there. I want you to listen to what the Bible says about the love of God. Just let it speak to you today. This is what his love looks like. Romans chapter 8 and verse, I think it's 38, is that right? 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, now that's an extraordinary love. See, it exceeds, it goes beyond, transcends death itself. Another reason I think that too few of us understand God's love and its intended meaning in our lives is that we understand God's love that He provided salvation for us, this free gift of salvation through faith in His Son, and He loved us unconditionally. But now that we are saved and now that we're part of the family of God, now we need to do what it takes to earn His love. And how we live our lives is how we show that we're earning His love. That's nothing to be further from the truth. But there's this bait and switch message that is being preached in the church which should not be preached because it doesn't set the captives free. It doesn't give the people assurance in their God and in this great love that is far above what we could really comprehend. And yet this love is able to keep us from separation. But I find it interesting how we 
are told that salvation is free and that you can receive it, but in order to keep it, you're going to pay, 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 pay. The religious standard is salvation is one thing, but keeping your salvation is another. God help us if that's the truth, because I'm hopeless if it is. So are you. I was terrified of God when I was a kid. Maybe you can relate to this. I was so terrified of Him because I, I'd been told, I'd been taught that, that, I mean, everything about my church experience was we had to end up at the altar on Sunday morning. And that altar experience had to be me recommitting my life to Jesus and asking Him to please move back into my heart because I did something that He jumped out. God cannot abide with sin. And it was just that kind of thing. And so, and it, I was also told stuff like if you sin and you don't confess that sin and then you die, you're eternally lost. So you better make sure. You better make sure. You better make sure. And I'm hearing that. You better make sure. You better make sure. And I thought somewhere along the way, a light came on. Then I realized if it's on me to make sure, then what did Jesus do? This is a 50-50 deal? Because if it's on me to make sure, then I'm hopeless. Because how can I possibly remember everything wrong that I've done? Good Lord, if I forget one, what am I... What? Let's kind of do that blanket statement. All of it, Jesus. Just forgive me for all of it. But you know, there have been many who have been trained in this way. And such a misunderstanding of God's love and of what Jesus actually has done for us and have taken the focus off of him. See, this is the devil's game. It is his game. He, uh, you know, because I'll tell you the truth. When I was told those words that you have to make sure. So every night, you know, it's kind of the, the end of the day kind of experience. Uh, well, in case you die tonight, you probably ought to get right with God. So it was always about getting right with God again. Getting right with God again. Getting right with God again. Confessing sins. And I, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I wasn't doing that to necessarily because I was necessarily sorry. I was doing it because I didn't want to go to hell. So my prayer had become this formula of words spoken to ensure escaping damnation, motivated by fear, motivated by dread, motivated by the judgment that was coming. Yes, Jesus loves me as long as I do what I'm supposed to. This wasn't about being loved by God at all. It was the fear of not being loved. I have this little, well, she's not so little anymore. How old is Sophie, you told me? We have a niece named Sophie. She's my sister's daughter, Sophie Grace. And many of you know her. When she was about two years old, she was about two years old. I was, for some reason, I was babysitting her. And I was sitting in the living room watching TV. And Sophie's two or three years old, somewhere around there. She's back in one of the kids' bedrooms. Probably got plastic over her head or something. I don't know. I'm not a good babysitter, so 
I'm telling you, if, it comes, if, if I'm the guy that they ask, they are out of everybody else. So. so she comes in the living room, and I'm watching TV, and, and Heather on this, this coffee table has got this little centerpiece of candles, a collage of candles. And Sophie runs up to those candles. She starts blowing on the candles. They're not even lit. She's blowing away on them. I'm like, you goofy kid. Because I, I thought, and then it dawned on me, oh, yeah, well, she's two or three years old. Her only experience with candles is if you blow out the candles, presents come your way and you eat cake. So maybe she was taking a chance. This is a birthday. And I start blowing these candles, a party's going to break open. I don't know what her reasoning was. That's the only thing I could figure out why she was blowing on those candles, except there's not, they're not lit. It was just funny to watch her doing that, and as I'm watching her do that, I'm laughing at her, and then I feel like I'm laughing at myself, because I think about the scripture says that Jesus, when he had fulfilled all things, he cried out, it is finished. This work was complete. The Lamb of God had taken away the sins of the world. And what happened when he took away the sins of the world, he also took away the condemnation and the judgment and the death that came with sin. And so now, I, all of a sudden, I saw a picture of myself reliving issues that had been extinguished. Listening to this lousy lion lizard called the devil accuse me of things that have already been taken care of my sins and my failures, and he's got me trying to do a work that's already done. Wasting my time. Don't let him waste your time. All he's got are lies. And he will continue to accuse you because he wants to confuse you. And if he can get you confused, he can get you only thinking about what you need to do rather than what Jesus has already done. And if he can get the focus off of him, he's winning. We've got to remember, it's His love that came and found us. It was God that was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, not holding their sins against us. While we were sinners, while we were shaking our fists as it were, at heaven in defiance, rebels on this earth, and yet God, even in that state, loved us. And gave us the greatest gift and gave us everything He had when He gave us Jesus. Who do we think we are to stand around and continue to listen to the accuser and even entertain that for one second when He has done a work that is an everlasting work? And there's no way that we can make ourselves right with God. The only way, can, way we can be made right with God is to simply believe on Him. Whoever believes on Him will receive everlasting life. Well, Pastor Eric, that sure sounds easy. Yeah. It is. It's called good news. That's what the gospel means, good news. Yeah, but, yeah, but what? See, we've been adding stuff to this good news for how many years now? We've been adding systems and processes to it. When Paul was kind of freaked out about when the church started doing that. He was kind of freaked out about that. He said, I, I'm, I'm worried for you that you're simply moving away from the simplicity that is in Christ. Who's bewitching you? Who are you listening to? 
Why are you trying to make this so hard when he made it so easy? Can't you just accept the fact that he loves you? Can you just receive what Jesus has done for you today, that he died for your sins so you don't have to die from your sins? And receive this love and receive this grace because it's by his grace, my family, no doubt, are we saved through faith. But there's something else about that grace. It's the only way that we can be accepted. God will not allow you to earn it, not for one second. It's by grace that you're accepted. It's by a gift that you're accepted. Goes against everything within our nature. Well, what do I do? You just believe. You just believe. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. God has not put you on a merit system. You know, my children, I love them, but they don't behave near as well as our dog does. Oreo's a good dog. Oreo, our black and white shih tzu. Oreo doesn't complain. He, isn't, he doesn't, well, he doesn't leave too many messes. He, 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 do, he does what we tell him to do. But you know what's interesting? Whenever I die, Oreo's not getting one thing from me. As good a dog as he is, and as obedient he is, my children are going to get everything. Because this is not about performance. It's because they're my kids. God has given you an inheritance. And he did this long before you behaved either good or bad. He chose you in love. Let's look at this. I'm almost through. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. See this? This is past tense, right? This happened already. Has blessed us. Lord, I need you to bless me. He has blessed you. He has blessed you. What do I do? Believe it. Again, it's that simple. Believe it. Walk by faith. Declare that you are blessed already. You, don't, you can't earn this. It's, it's got to be received by faith has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him. He chose us where? In Jesus. Before the fountain. Hey, you're not predestined until you're in Jesus. There is no such thing as predestination outside of Jesus. He predestined us in Christ. Everyone, anyone can be predestined. But they have to, they're predestined by faith. Chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame... Before Him, where? In obedience? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we should be holy and without blame before Him, where? In. It's only His love that can empower you to be holy and without blame. And see, it was His love, this is His love for you, that has, wow. It's not Him demanding it. It's Him loving you into it. Loving you into holiness. Loving you into a righteous standard. Not demanding it of you. God chose us in love. Turn to somebody next to you and say, God chose you in love. He chose us in Him in love. I love that. Okay, let me be as just generic as I can be. The potential for conception uh, 
comes at the greatest moment of pleasure between a husband and a wife. And that's when the seed is sown. And that's when the soil receives the seed to produce after its kind. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that when this kind of intimacy happens, that the child's future behavior is not even considered in that moment? Knowing that there's going to be work to provide for this child, to train them up, to discipline them, to teach them, all those ways to show the child love, this all happens after conception. Then the reality hits, doesn't it? But that child is chosen in love, in the most intimate kind of love expressed between a husband and a wife. God chose you and I in Jesus in love. Oh, man, long before we chose him, he loved us. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Why did he do this? Because it pleased him to do it. It pleased him to accept you. It pleased him to adopt you into his family. You are wanted. You might not be wanted by those around you. You might find yourself a little less than wanted even by your own folks. But let me just give you some good news today. He wanted you. If nobody else shows you that, nobody else has told you that, God wanted you. He wanted you because you please him. It pleases him to have you and his family. Amen. I'm almost through. God made a way through Jesus not to simply be, uh, be at peace or, or have a good relationship. No, it's greater than that to bring us into his family. He wanted to not just be our God. He wanted to be our Father. To the praise, verse 6, of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the beloved. I said that a while ago. It's by grace that you've been made accepted in the beloved. It's by receiving this gift from Him. And Hebrews 12 says that let us have grace. Let us have grace. Since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may live acceptably. That we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Now that all sounds kind of ominous, doesn't it? That we may serve God acceptably with reverence and fear for our God. Let me say it like my old Assembly of God pastor used to say it. For our God is a consuming fire. <laughs> you say it like that, scare the pants right off of you. Like, Not realizing the beauty of this. This isn't a God who's coming to get you. This is a God who's coming to consume you with His love. To consume you with His grace. Let us have grace. It's by His gift that we can live acceptably. It's by the gift that we can live acceptably. We can't earn this thing. Oh, man, we can live acceptable when we say, I believe God. I believe in what you've done for me. I believe on Jesus Christ. I believe that He died for all of my sins. Amen. I believe that God, that He was buried in a tomb, but I believe that God raised Him from the dead too. I believe in that. I believe in You, Lord. And, and it's, it's in this that we can receive the ability, the empowerment to serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. See, when you have grace, you have accepted the fact that you're already accepted. 
That's when you know grace is working in your life. You're fully accepted. The fact that you're already accepted, that you're not having to work for it. And see, then God can come in and consume your whole being. He is a consuming fire, and He wants all of you. He needs you to receive His grace by faith. And in so doing, you have fully surrendered to His love to totally consume you. And when you're consumed by His love, then holiness takes care of itself. Sin has no place where love is consumed. Fear has no place where love has consumed. Sin has no place where love has consumed. Fear has no place where love is consumed. You're struggling in an area in your life, maybe where you're dealing with a sin. You've fallen prey to it, weak to it. Let me just tell you this. You need to let God love you right there. Right there, right now. Because that's the only way that you're going to come out of that. Is to accept His love even in your sin. If He, if He, if He loved you before you ever even knew Him, my family, He fully accepts you as one who does know Him. He didn't have any problem loving you when you were an enemy with Him. He has no problem, lo problem loving you still. Maybe you're wrestling with some kind of fear or anxiety. That's because you have not allowed His love to come in and consume you. Let God love you right there in that moment. Let Him love you where you are. Because the Scripture says perfect love casts out all fear. He's not the author of confusion. He's not the author of fear. God is the author of peace. And He's not given you a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. His love is unfailing. His love never ends. And He has always loved you with an everlasting love. He loves you as much as He ever will. Amen. Let's pray for a moment. Father, I want to thank You for this time with these precious people today. Thank You for loving us and demonstrating Your love for us by showing us something beyond even our scope of understanding that You gave us, your only begotten Son. And Christ willingly took the blame for all of our failures, all of our misgivings, all of our malfeasances, all of our sin. He gladly, fully, not only did He pronounce the judgment for sin, but he also carried out the sentence himself. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. With every head bowed for just a moment, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Eric, I want to know Jesus. I want to be part of the family of God. I want to experience that love. I've not known that love. I've not understood that love. But I want that in my life. I want to know that God loves me no matter what. I need that. I need that assurance, not only for this life, but I need assurance of heaven. I need assurance that when I die here, I have my place secured in heaven through Jesus. And I believe, I believe today. I believe on Him, and I want to receive Jesus into my heart. Is that you today? If, if that's you, just raise your hand where you are. I want to pray with you. All right, I'm not going to call you out or anything. I just want to see between you and me and, and heaven. That's you say, I want to be part. 
I want to be saved today. All right, maybe, 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 maybe you are already a Christian, but you've, you've gone astray because you've not understood this grace and you've been really working hard at trying to earn God's favor when you can't do that and you've run yourself ragged trying to be acceptable to God thinking that if you read your Bible enough or maybe you should go to church more and maybe you should pray more and so you beat yourself up over and over again and that kind of thing and that's not gotten you any better things haven't grown you haven't progressed matter of fact you're just getting kind of tired of all of it if that's you could you raise your hand I want to pray for you here today and today you you just are here to say you know what I'm taking the love I'm taking thank you thank you I'm taking the love I've received God's love today thank you Lord for helping these Lord who have felt like even as your own children Lord who through that performance-based mentality always feel like they're on the outside no longer help them to see them as you see them that you're already in you're in the family. You're already in. God loves you. He loves you. Receive His love. Just pray this with me. Father, thank You. Thank You for setting me free from religion. Thank You for setting me free from man-made rules, man-made traditions. Thank You for setting me free from a slave mentality. I understand I'm not a slave. I'm not an employee. I'm a child of God. Which means everything you have, I have through Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. One more thing. If you're here today and you're suffering in your body in any way, any facing any kind of sickness, disease, infirmity, or pain, can you raise your hand where you're sitting? We're gonna, we believe in healing today. We believe that Jesus Christ paid a great price for our healing so that we don't have to just settle and cope with sickness and disease. Well, it's that time of year, you know. What? What? It's that time of year. What do you mean? What do you mean? You planning on getting sick? Hey, won't you plan on not getting sick? Plan on receiving what Jesus came to give you. Amen. If you're next to someone with their hand up, just lay your hand on them. Because Scripture says that the believers, Jesus said one of the signs that follow believers, they will lay hands on the sick and they will, will recover. So this is just us loving one another and, and declaring what God has said. Jesus, you said, if two or three agree as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. We thank you now for the healing power of God now being released into these bodies and driving out every form of sickness, dis-ease, pain, and suffering in Jesus' name. Because He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed in Jesus' name. Thank you for it now. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.